0: Hi, everybody. This is a podcast where real doctors discuss fake medical emergencies. That means that unless you have cirrhosis of the liver from playing Hi, Bob, this podcast is not medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact your doctor. Or is it psoriasis of the
1: liver? Hi, everybody. I'm Jackson Vane
0: I'm Johnny Kolosinski. You might remember me from, actually, I'm not going to make a bad joke this time. That's my Christmas present to you, the listeners. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, this is Hi, Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast. Every week we talk about what Hollywood gets right and wrong about medicine and how the body works. You can find this podcast online on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hi Everybody MD or at www.HiEverybodyMD.com.
1: You can also call us, leave us a message, let us know how we're doing at 530-DOCTORB. That's 530-D-O-C-T-O-R-B. The B stands for Bob Newhart, I guess. I mean, that's probably the easiest one I can do.
0: Yeah, we are going to be discussing uh, Season 4, Episode 15 of The Bob Newhart Show. Bob has to have his tonsils out so he spends Christmas Eve in the hospital.
1: That is not the the synopsis. That is straight up the title of this episode.
0: Yeah. And in the episode, Bob has to have his tonsils out, so he spends Christmas Eve in the hospital. Bob has to have his tonsils out, <laughs> so he spends Christmas Eve in the hospital. Jackson. Yes. Dr. Jackson Vane, why did you pick this episode for our Christmas week episode of Ho 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 Sember?
1: Um, I mean, it sums up everything pretty well, right? Like, it's a, he's a doctor, like a therapist. He has to spend Christmas Eve in the hospital, kind of like me. Who, was, who will also be spending Christmas Eve in the hospital. Um, Bob Newhart Show is one of the shows that I've really wanted to watch for a while, mainly because my old neighbor in Albuquerque was uh, Howard, uh, yeah. played by Bill Daly. A super nice guy. And the reason how I knew who he was was in the parking lot, there was one car whose license plate said, hi, Bob. I'm like, <laughs> who's Bob. I wonder if the guy who drives this car, his name is Bob. So I see this guy walking out and he introduces himself as, oh, my name's Bill Daly. I was on the Bob Newhart show. Hi, Bob was my, my kind of phrase that I said all the time. I'm like, yeah, but here's the thing. I didn't believe him. I said, <laughs> sure, old man, whatever you say. And then I, I go back and I look it up. I'm like, oh, crap. It's that guy from I Dream of Genie and like all these 1970s game shows and whatnot. And sure enough, it was. Bill Daly, who was my, like, upstairs neighbor in Albuquerque.
0: Yeah. Uh, There's also the famous drinking game for the Bob Newhart show. Yes. Where you drink every time someone says Bob and you chug it every time someone says hi, Bob. Yeah. If you're doing that along with this episode of the podcast, I totally understand because 2020 is garbage.
1: Yeah. You will die. You will die. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Please play that game. Uh, Do it for Bill. Responsibly. Yeah. Do it for Bill. Uh, super super cool guy. Glad I got to meet him. Didn't realize how big of a deal he was. But um, this episode kind of started interestingly. Bob's in the middle of a therapy session with one of his patients who really oversteps his bounds a lot, and we'll kind of touch that more touch on that more later. Mm-hmm. But then he starts like coughing and hacking up a lung a lot during the session itself, and he's saying like his throat is scratchy, his sinuses are stuffy, he feels really achy. And honestly, since this is around Christmas time, I he had the flu Mm -hmm. i mean we're not dealing with 2020 issues right now so it's definitely not like coronavirus but right
0: it's not it's not covid 75
1: (laughs) yeah but all that together that's not what i would have thought of at all Mm -hmm. i swear if he was sick and he was sitting that close to me i wouldn't appreciate it even before this year Mm -hmm. right like you don't want your therapist hacking on you the whole time it sounds disgusting yeah
0: uh, so this is obviously the oldest episode of television that we've watched and covered with this show. Correct. And the laugh track was the, the laugh track and the intro title.
1: That was the longest intro yeah. number. I've, that was like a good solid minute. Plus. It's a
0: good solid minute of television. And all that's in it is the Bob Newhart show with Bob Newhart. Here's Bob Newhart walking around Chicago to a funky beat. Yep. And this theme song was written by these people. That is all you learn in a minute of television. Not even the other cast
1: members, really, either. No. You don't know their names until the end credits. Right. So weird. It was. I mean, it was a kind of fun throwback to see all of that Mm -hmm. together. But yeah, he, he then goes outside, complains about how sick he is, and his secretary was telling him what he should do, which is basically what I tell most patients to do if they feel icky and having sore throats is just rest and getting well hydrated. But then he complained about how... He's too achy and sad to drive. And this is kind of touching base to the, the whole man flu situation where mm-hmm. guys are a little wussier about their their illness in general.
0: Yeah. He he, he definitely had a little bit of influenza going on. Oh, yeah. He
1: definitely had the touch of the Ebola. Yeah, for sure. And he talked to the, the dentist, I think, too, and asked him what was wrong with him just to figure it out.
0: Yeah, because the dentist was his like office mate.
1: Yeah. And asked him to drive him home. Mm-hmm. Because it was too achy to drive. And even the dentist knew in the 70s that if you're going to be in a car with someone sick, to put on a mask.
0: Yeah. It was a, ge- it was a joke. I'm going to wear a surgical mask. But yeah, it was actually a good move.
1: Yeah. I mean, if they knew that that was the thing to do in the 70s, why don't we know that that's the thing to do now? 50 years later. Well. That's the crazy I mean, part. The show was 50 years that ago. That
0: dentist just wasn't woke. He was not woke. He hadn't been
1: red-pilled. He, he inhaled too much of his car- own carbon dioxide. Now that's Steve Martin.
0: Oh, oh yeah, carbon dioxide. Nope, never mind. I was going with the uh, Little Shop of Horrors joke and not the Anti-Maskers joke. Correct.
1: Yes, because that's the reason why you get sick, as you inhale too much carbon dioxide. Not monoxide. If you inhale too much carbon monoxide, you will die.
0: You do get sick. You get yes.
1: dead. Yeah, you get dead real quick. But I think you and I mentioned this before we recorded. The most surprising thing about this whole scene was uh, what Carol, the secretary, mentioned?
0: Uh, she, I believe, she specifically said, "I've had my flu shot."
1: No, no, it was. I'm going to go get my mask, and then she said, "I'm going to go get my flu shot." Okay. Which me being dumb doctor, I didn't know the flu vaccine existed in the seventies. Yeah, I was
0: I was surprised at that as well.
1: So, vaccination against influenza started in the 1930s, with large scale availability in the United States starting in 1945. It is considered one of the WHO's list of essential medicines. So it's been around for forever. Yeah.
0: So Indiana Jones yeah. could have conceivably gotten his flu shot before, uh, at least before Last Crusade.
1: Correct. Huh. That is something I did not know, and I learned today. And I mean, get your flu shot. It's clearly been around for a long time. It's been around as long as probably polio now.
0: I think it's been longer because polio was still a thing that they were dealing with in the 50s. Mm,
1: that's true. Yeah, but the fact that the polio is the sorry the flu vaccine's been around for that long is insane, right? I get it. It's still not a perfect science. We're still playing, trying to predict what is the current strain that will get you sick. And yes, the WHO and flu vaccine companies do get it wrong, but it's still something you should be doing. So that was a cool little fact. There did not know that was coming. Yeah. Give them points for that. <laughs> In retrospect, watching this 45, 50 years later, going, they got one right. Yeah, oh my, God, you're right.
0: It is 45 years later.
1: Yes. Isn't that nuts? Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I know that I'm old, but I feel uh-huh. like this is significantly older than me, and it's not that much, but it is at the same time.
1: Yeah. You can feel the looming Reaper breathing down your neck. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Backstreet Boys' popularity was closer to the Newhart Show than it was to today.
1: Holy crap. Are you kidding me? No. Okay, now I feel horrible. (laughs) Now I feel absolutely horrible. But going back to the Bob Newhart Show, um, he's like sick in bed. They were doing home visits still back then. Really doesn't happen as much now. But the doctor says he has tonsillitis and that the doctor wants to, and I quote, yank him out. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have have we talked about how tonsils are removed before? No, I have my tonsils. I do too, but it's definitely one of those big complications that I'll see in the emergency department all the time are like post tonsillectomy complications. Okay. So, the reason, so how that's removed, and I'm assuming in the 70s it's done slightly different than it is now. If not, it was the beginning of when it was done. Right. Um, but the original way and most common way back then was they would slide a metal loop around the tonsil, then use a scalpel or something and just kind of cut it or kind of dissect it out. Kind of like a snare. So you slide the lasso over the tonsil and then pull it out.
0: And then they attach the other end of that string to the operating room door.
1: And then close the door. Yep. And then then it goes flying out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, it's effective. The big concern is the older you get, the bigger the attachment of the tonsil is to your throat. So when you're younger and like a little kid, it's a very minor procedure because the stock that your tonsil hangs onto is... Uh, narrower than the rest of the tonsil. So think of it like a teardrop that's attached to your mm-hmm. your throat as opposed to the entire drop that's settled on a flat piece of table on, your, okay. on the throat. So like the surface area that you had to scrape off is significantly higher as an adult than a kid. So there's more room for infection... More room for bleeding. That's okay. really the biggest concern. So nowadays what they do is they use an electrocautery, which is just like an electric knife. Mm-hmm. And then they cut through, which stops the bleeding at the same time. And it kind of helps form scabs and whatnot.
0: I have a feeling that people who listen to this podcast a lot are going to start thinking that you are were being sponsored by an electro electric knife company.
1: Electric knives are used a lot. It's a very common tool. It's an easy thing to use and it gets real hot. Just don't touch it. Don't lick it. Don't lick it. I mean, that's a general rule of thumb.
0: Don't lick the electric sailboat.
1: Yes. Just like the the popular children's board game in the 90s, don't whiz on the electric fence. Mm-hmm. That is a very, very important fact. Just don't, don't lick it. But they also use lasers these days too. But the older you are, the more complications and the more concerns there are with removing the tonsils.
0: And that was a joke that Bob was mm. making that, Oh, they care about kids more because kids have longer to live. Was essentially the yeah. Here, here's me explaining the joking, making it not at all funny, but in <laughs> actuality, he was right to be concerned about having yeah. the the fact that he was not a 11 year old having this
1: procedure. Correct, and they were pretty hasty to remove those tonsils. Because it's a pretty serious surgery still It is an easy surgery It is pretty quick The rate of complications is relatively low It's about 1% for kids 3% for adults So it's three times as more dangerous Than if you were a kid Mm -hmm. Which is crazy I mean, it's still 3% But when you say it in those terms It sounds horrible, right? Yeah And the indications for removing Are recurrent tonsillitis Not just, hey, your tonsils are infected one time We better go yank those babies out You need to have at least five or six episodes before you should be getting removed in a year. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Like, you really have to have crappy, crappy tonsils for them to get removed, um, especially as an adult. Um, There was, like, a theory that your tonsils help with your immune system, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of been debunked. That's actually one of the reasons why my tonsils weren't removed when I was a kid, because I used to get throat infections all the time. And my doctor was like, well, they help with your immune system, so we're just going to leave them in. But, you know, you get strep throat a bunch of times. You probably should get them removed. Sleep apnea is actually another reason for you getting your tonsils removed. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, because it kind of closes everything up. Yeah. If you have psoriasis of your throat, you can actually need to get those removed. I know. I'm yeah. just tossing out some crazy facts that I was looking up.
0: So, wait. Psoriasis of the throat. Obviously, I only know one psoriasis, which is...
1: Guttate psoriasis. What? That is what it's called. What's it called? Guttate psoriasis. Okay. And psoriasis is hardening? Uh, well, it's like it's like it's still rashes on your skin, mm-hmm. but it causes like a lot of bacterial infections in the upper respiratory tract. Okay. So if it like, affects your throat, stuff like okay. that, you got to get it removed.
0: So so psoriasis does isn't your liver getting it. When I think of psoriasis, I think of psoriasis of the liver because that's.
1: So that's that's cirrhosis. Oh,
0: there we go. Yes.
1: Psoriasis is that scaly skin that's kind of shiny. Okay. and Okay. Yeah. You get plaques of. It can, you can get psoriatic arthritis and stuff like that. Cirrhosis is if you yeah, drink too much. Yeah,
0: okay. I was confusing the two there. Yeah.
1: You're like, how do you get cirrhosis of the throat? That would be bad.
0: Well, yeah, I was thinking, okay, cirrhosis meant like hardening or something like that. Sure.
1: And it can be, but like the, in this situation, it's just more mm-hmm. Um Psoriasis is an autoimmune disorder. So you probably have like a lowered or weakened immune system, which makes you more prone to throat infections. Okay. So those people get their tonsils removed. And then... Peritonsillar abscesses are the other thing too that sometimes they'll take the tonsils out but usually we'll drain those in the emergency department.
0: That's like boils or whatever of the tonsil.
1: So it's an it's an abscess that forms next to your tonsils on like the side like on the outer side of your tonsil. Okay. So When you come in with that, your tonsils are actually pushed to the center of your throat and your uvula, the dangly part in the back of your throat, actually deviates. Like normally it hangs straight down, right? Mm -hmm. It'll point opposite to the direction of the infection. And your voice sounds like you ate a piece of hot potato. We call it hot potato voice. So it's like, oh, God, I can't talk. We call it hot potato in my mouth. Oh, wow. That's how people talk. Yeah. And that's the other thing that Bob probably would have had is some kind of raspy voice, which he didn't have.
0: Uh, He did towards the the tail end of things.
1: Post- post-operation
0: oh that was post-operation i thought he hadn't had yes. the operation yet
1: no that was post-operation okay. so i would have expected him having a sore throat and at least a raspy voice with all of that too so understandable there um so the doctor says oh yeah you have tonsillitis one time let's just get him out on christmas eve like, mm-hmm. what kind of doctor wants to do surgery on christmas eve like no no patient wants to be in the hospital on christmas eve ever Or Christmas Day. We'll try really hard, at least in the emergency department, not to admit you unless Mm -hmm. we really, really, really have to. Because you don't want to spend Christmas in the hospital. Most of us don't want to spend Christmas in the hospital either. It's the last place you want to be, right? So I kind of get Bob's pain. I have no idea why that doctor wants to do surgery on Christmas morning or Christmas Eve morning. That just sounds like the worst thing.
0: Unless he was very, very concerned that it would escalate within like the next 48 hours. He's not that old.
1: <laughs> He'll make it. Get get him some antibiotics. Mm-hmm. They're living in the golden time. Antibiotics are still working. <laughs> There's not a lot of resistant bacteria. Toss some penicillin at him. It'll treat it. It's actually one of the things that are still sensitive for tonsillitis at these days. You can actually give him a shot of penicillin and it'll treat it. Not like amoxicillin, like legitimate OG penicillin. So give him a shot in the butt. It'll treat him. But they didn't.
0: Yeah, but... Bob gets a shot in the ass on Christmas Eve would not have been a title that made it past the censors.
1: I could have said bum. Ah. Bob has to get his tonsils removed so he gets a shot in the bum on Christmas Eve. (laughs) That would have pushed it, but you know what? That would have been the highest viewed episode because that title is racy.
0: Mm -hmm. Featuring Dennis Franz as Bob Newhart. Oh,
1: God. That is a name I haven't heard in a long time, and I remembered how big of a deal it was when he showed his butt on national television. And it wasn't a good butt. No. Old man butt. Old man NYPD blue butt. Mm-hmm. No thanks. Hard pass, sir. But. Yeah. <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> I knew it. I knew I was going to say something like that. And I'm so bummed about it. No. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in myself right now. Anyways, he gets admitted to the hospital and deals with probably one of the most inappropriate candy stripers I've ever, ever.
0: Yeah. Because she was um approximately 123 years old.
1: <laughs> yeah. She old. Uh-huh. She real old. And she was doing all the nurse work.
0: Yeah. So we know that the flu shot existed. Did nurses exist in 1975? I got, I got to look that up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, of course they existed. They still had the outfits and whatnot. Um, I think back then. So they weren't.
0: Because this would have been right around one flu over a cuckoo's nest. Yes. With Nurse ratchet,
1: And they were all wearing the the white and the sterile. Mm-hmm. And everyone's trying to look clean and whatnot. Fun fact, I was one of those candy stripers way back when, I think as a teenager. I think I saw more teenager hospital volunteers slash candy stripers than I did old people hospital volunteers slash candy stripers when I was a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Mainly because it was all a bunch of people trying to be pre-med and stuff. Yeah. And um, I did not do half of the stuff they did, or this lady did. Right,
0: because she was delivering the food. So what is the role of it? A- traditionally or i guess in 90s early 2000s what was the role of a candy striper
1: so it was a lot of scut work so a lot of running when i volunteered in the hospital if they put labs that were in the basket that said stat i had to like grab it and run it to the lab so i got a lot of steps in <laughs> moving a lot of beds into the right place because the orderlies weren't doing it so i got to do all that stuff delivering random blankets here and there kind of doing like the me- very very menial tasks. cleaning toys that the patients have played with, with cavi wipes or like pretty hardcore Clorox wipes, basically, mm-hmm. and then putting them back. Um, I never made the beds. That was someone else's job. I definitely never delivered food unless it was just like crackers and juice. And that was to after I cleared it with the doctor that it was okay to do that. Because mm-hmm. if like a patient was trying to be sneaky, like, oh yeah, I can totally have food. And they were supposed to have surgery in an hour. You just canceled their surgery. Exactly. So... The tasks are very, very, like, simple. And it's not like, oh, welcome to your room, Mr. or Dr. So-and-so. I'm here to greet you and do all that stuff. Never did any of that stuff. Not allowed to. Mm -hmm. Yet they still trusted me with very important samples, which was really weird in retrospect. (laughs) Especially now with the tube system, they don't have us doing runners or being runners anymore or having... I don't have my volunteers to running anymore.
0: My dad was a a pharmacist at a hospital for decades, and they had Mm -hmm. the tube system... At least as far back as 1987 or 1988, which is the earliest I can remember visiting him at work.
1: So apparently the hospital I worked at, I was the tube.
0: Yeah, you were the tube.
1: (laughs) There was a lot of running. I'm not joking when I said I would probably go in a four-hour volunteering shift at least 16 to 20 times to the lab. Mm -hmm. So that's every 15 minutes I was running to the lab with new bags of blood, urine, and other samples. And throwing it in the stat box. So I don't miss that. (laughs) Especially now as a like an attending physician, I definitely don't miss any of that Having stuff. Having to wait on point. a runner. Yeah. I just give it to the nurse and tell them to put it in the tube, and then it just disappears. Like money when you were at the bank, way back when, when you had to deposit money through the tube system.
0: Yeah, and way back yeah. when, when people actually used cash.
1: I remember cash. Yeah. I still have some somewhere.
0: <laughs> I had to scrounge. We had to scrounge around for $5 so we could run to the... Uh, to the liquor store and just grab soda and not have to pay the you're spending less than ten dollars oh the 50 cent yeah
1: yes or thingy uh, just buy more
0: yeah that, that was our other alternative
1: <laughs> <laughs> can i mention so like they did the surgery and all that stuff and then they bring him back in the most chaotic way i've ever seen a patient get delivered back from the operating room mm-hmm. like i don't remember if you remember that scene Clearly, like I do. I, I
0: don't think I, it caught me quite quite to the same extent.
1: It's like the orderlies just kind of run them in like super quickly and just.
0: Oh, yeah. And then they move and then they like plopped him over onto the other bed.
1: Yeah. They just plop him. They literally just plop him on there. Probably not what you want to do with a post-surgical patient, especially someone who had surgery on their airway. <laughs> essentially, <laughs> you don't want to shake that clot free. You know, that's actually the biggest danger is if that clot falls off and they start bleeding a bunch. Mm-hmm you need to actually go back into the or and get it
0: get it recauterized?
1: yeah it's um you can lose a lot of blood and the where you lose the blood is dangerous because you know you can choke on it and mm-hmm. die so that's like the the crazy part there and then he had no iv and he was oddly awake i would say he's i noticed that
0: and i noticed right? the no iv i don't neither of us know like what kind of monitors they would have had in 1975
1: at least a, a heart rate mm-hmm. kind of th- situation, especially if you're post-surgical. They want to keep track of that stuff. Because I think in one, no, One floor of the Cuckoo's Nest didn't have heart rate monitors or anything like that. Unless it was right before they shocked him. I'm trying to remember.
0: I haven't seen that movie in a long time.
1: Anyways, they would still probably monitor him a little bit still. But he was so oddly awake. And then usually after a tonsillectomy, the last thing you want is food. Mm-hmm. Water, maybe, but you're not going to want food. You're in a lot of pain. So they wouldn't do anything with that. And then they let one of his patients from earlier in the episode come in and uh, basically talk to him and vent to him. Yeah, he just ran
0: it like the the patient that he was seeing at the beginning of the episode basically comes in as a visitor and treats it as a session.
1: A free session. Yep.
0: I, I liked his phrasing. Yeah, I didn't want you sitting here dwelling on your problems. So I thought... You could focus on my problems.
1: (laughs) Which is the worst thing. Yeah, that
0: that was possibly my favorite line of the episode.
1: I would have been so livid. If I was was a doctor, just had surgery, and a patient came in asking me to diagnose why they have a fever, I would lose it. Mm -hmm. And I think I understand why Bob was so cranky. (laughs) Because he just wanted water, and no one would give him water. And his voice was so hoarse. I felt so bad for him. He was so parched, and no one gave him fluids or anything like that. And... I don't think he would have wanted ice cream. I know that's like the the old tale, right? Like you got your tonsils out, you got to eat ice cream for a week. Mm-hmm. Most people won't want to have ice cream at all. And I definitely don't think he would want to have Christmas dinner either.
0: Right. Yeah. He'd, he'd want to have room temperature water.
1: Maybe the mashed potatoes. I will say he'll probably at most want to eat the mashed potatoes. There's no indication for him to eat any of that food through a straw, though. Like not at all. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what the indication for actually having, like, a pureed diet would be?
0: Jaw-issued? Yeah. Yeah, so if you can't chew... Wired jaw. That's what I was going to say.
1: Wired jaw, broken jaw. Basically, you can't chew. Mm-hmm. That's the only time you really need to have all your food pureed. I think the big thing for him is just avoiding, like, spicy, or... Bob doesn't strike me as a spicy food guy. No. Or crunchy crunchy foods or anything like that, because that's going to irritate his throat. But otherwise, he wouldn't eat too much.
0: Yeah, I, I don't see yeah. Bob Newhart as a hot Cheeto guy.
1: I don't know. He's pretty hip with the kids these days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was like on like a, the Conan O'Brien podcast not too long ago and just listening to him still talking. He's still like with it and crazy. He's right? ninety-one. I know he's old as hell, but he is still super stupid funny. And it's kind of crazy. Yeah. How how still quick witted he is at ninety-one. So it's and it kind of gives you appreciation about this. Like what, he was forty when this episode came out yeah i think it right around he looks like he's pushing 70 (laughs) i'm sorry you looked so old yeah back then
0: you don't have television stars that look like bob newhart anymore no which is a shame because i think especially in the realm of
1: comedy you miss out on a lot yeah and i think this is one of those clear indications too is there anything else i wanted to touch on this episode though oh he gets he's grumpy he wants out all the time and I think that was... a. I remember when I was working in the hospital in the inpatient side, that was a big thing. On Christmas Day, everybody wanted to go home. Even if they weren't ready to go home, mm-hmm. they all wanted to leave the hospital. And I think that's kind of how Bob felt too. And I get it. It's like a big holiday and yeah, you don't want to be around beeping and crying and screaming mm-hmm. all day long. It's the worst. Yeah. But then he goes visiting the children's ward and just walked up there and hung out with kids. Which me saying that sentence now doesn't sound right.
0: Yeah. Uh we were talking as in our pre-recording session, like I said my dad worked in a ho- in the hospital and he was a ped's uh peds and neonatal ph- pharmacy specialist. Uh and so when I did my high school volunteering, some of it was in in the hospital and in the in the ped's ward. Um and even when I wasn't like a volunteer and I was just hanging out after work because my dad, the hospital was across the street from my high school. I would go in and hang out in the peds ward and, you know, talk to some of the kids and things like that. That sort of thing, even with like my level of access would not happen now, I assume.
1: Yeah. You you have to sign so much more paperwork just to even rotate through a hospital, Mm -hmm. let alone a pediatric hospital. And also it's usually like a locked and very controlled entry Mm -hmm. like you need to scan in to even get in uh they keep track of who goes in and out all the time and if a kid even crosses an area and they don't know that that kid was supposed to cross that area like out of the unit alarms go off like you just shoplifted somebody (laughs) they actually had those alarms in the nursery where we would put a, a bracelet or like an anklet on their leg a little monitor and if you take it out past a certain area it starts alarming
0: and then lost prevention comes in
1: and correct. They roll in on a Segway and then they slap <laughs> the baby out of the the abductor's hands and then return the baby back to the place. But yeah, it's so much harder to free to freely walk through units that you don't belong to. It's very difficult these days,
0: which is good.
1: Yeah, it's all for safety reasons yeah. now. I remember it in Chicago when people would roam in. Sometimes they had a gun and would finish the job. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I mean, clearly, this is not a, not in the something word. that happened. No. But, you know, Bob Newhart was in Chicago. I don't mm-hmm. know what part of Chicago. It could have been the part that I worked in, and that place was nuts. Just saying.
0: I was reading the the, uh, the IMDB trivia, and apparently on his walk, they showed, you know, where his office is and where his apartment is. And on the walk in the opening credits, he goes 55 blocks out of his way on his walk into work.
1: He walked 55 blocks?
0: Yeah. Because I think they just wanted to get ver- various parts of the Chicago skyline in the shot.
1: So I'm trying to think, are these short blocks or long blocks? A, because long blocks are a quarter mile each. Mm-hmm. So if you walked 55 long blocks, that's over 10 miles. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just because, I, like I said, because they wanted to get the, <laughs> the different parts of the skyline in the opening credits.
1: Understandable. Yeah. I mean, oof. that's a guy who used to live there. He basically walked walked from the north side all the way down to the south side. Yeah. And he probably got mugged twice. <laughs> Just saying, Chicago. I miss that place sometimes.
0: Bob spends New Year's Eve in the hospital because he got shot by le- bad, bad Leroy
1: Brown. Yes, that was, and that was the precursor to coming to America. Yeah. Too. <laughs> but yeah, I really like this episode. I was, I've been wanting to watch like a full episode of Bob Newhart for a while, and I think this was the perfect one. Only because the title A was very descriptive and told me, ah, we should probably watch this for Christmas. Yeah,
0: kudos to like <sighs> this beats out Friends for descriptive
1: titles. Yes, it's in what the one that yeah blah 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 blah. No, Bob Newhart doesn't mess around. Yep, he wants you to know exactly what is in his show.
0: The title is too long to fit on IMDb DB. It broke the character limits.
1: You're not going to be able to use that as our entire title for no. the podcast.
0: No, I mean I'll have to figure no. something out. Shoot, we're gonna have to break this into three episodes just so I can get the the whole
1: title. <laughs> I think you might have to. Because there's no way there's no way you can fit this all into one one thing. I'm I'm sure you'll you'll figure something out. So spoiler, if you're listening to this episode, the title doesn't match what we're talking about. Yeah.
0: And not because yep. of a typo on my end for once.
1: There's been so many so, typos. many. so many typos. They're they're preserved forever now. It's Some just of them how
0: it is. Yes. Yeah. How many times did I misspell terms of enrearment? Worms of enrearment. I still can't get it right.
1: Worms in worms of enrearment. Yes. You done goofed. you done goofed Aaron. you done goofed.
0: All right. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. Anything else we want to talk about on the uh, on the Bob Newhart front?
1: Tonsillectomies hurt. Uh they hurt a lot more than you think. Think of it like You know when you ride your bike and you fall off and you scrape your knee? Now imagine that inside of your mouth. Okay. That is probably the best description of the procedure itself and how much potential bleeding you can have, especially if you have a really big scrape. Um, So it's a quick procedure, but it's a serious procedure. Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing people need to realize. It's not super easy like going in and just getting a little snippy-snip. Also, your breath smells horrible after tonsillectomies. Because of blood? super bad. Like because you've got a bunch
0: of clots hanging out in the back of your throat?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not just clots. Wet clots. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So that makes everything so much worse. So when patients come in with post TNA bleeds or post tonsillectomy bleeds and I look in there and I go, gotta hold my breath. Even with the mask, it still permeates through and you're really looking hard because you're trying to see if there's oozing of blood or drops of blood anywhere. So it's not a quick Ah, uh, and then you're mm-hmm. done after a second. It's like a good five or 10 seconds of really, really sleuthing around in the back of the throat, trying to make sure there's no bleeds. I know. I, I can see. See, here's the thing, audience. I can see Johnny's face. You can't. He <laughs> looks very upset that I just said sleuthing sleuthin around. around yeah. Yeah. He looks real upset that I was explaining how one would look in the throat yeah. looking for a bleed. I mean, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Sleuthing around is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess with that, the human centipede bills itself as 100% medically so, so accurate. are talking about gross stuff. <laughs> if that's the case, how medically accurate is the Bob Newhart Show uh, season four, episode 15? Bob has to have his tonsils out so he spends Christmas Eve in the hospital.
1: <laughs> okay, we already know it's going to be more accurate than human centipede. the the question is by how much Mm -hmm. you know i don't know what the criteria were in the 70s on when to remove a tonsil or tonsils i should say uh but removing them that quickly at a drop of a hat on a major holiday and able to get like booking a room and all that or or time and all that stuff that just logistically is impossible Mm -hmm. in general so that kind of loses some points there the general pain his pain and like how they treat him, that could, just, that could be a reflection of how bad that hospital could be, especially because there's no nurses in that hospital. So that's a little weird. I mean, I would expect to see at least one nurse and also his doctor mm-hmm. that admitted him in the first place. I don't think he ever showed up in the hospital.
0: I don't know that he did.
1: I don't think he did. So that's kind of odd to have the surgery and no one ever checks in on him to make sure he's fine, especially the guy who, as he so eloquently put it, yanked out those tonsils. Mm-hmm. So all that together, I probably would say one fifty. One twenty five, sorry. one twenty five. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's fair. I mean, it's a comedy in general. It is a 70s, so I was not even alive at that time about how medicine was at that time. But there's certain things you can still apply to, like, current day that doesn't fit mm-hmm. and doesn't make sense. So I think it loses some credit there. Okay. But yeah. Also, no one gave him pain medicine. That poor bastard was in so much pain after his throat got scraped. Yeah. He just wanted water, but no one gave him anything else. And usually if you have like a fresh kind of operation, especially in the back of your throat and you're oozing blood, you don't want to do like room temperature water. You want to do icy ice cold water.
0: You being the patient or you being the doctor?
1: Uh, the patient. Okay. You know why? You know why you would want ice cold water for like a... Numbing? Let's say you're oozing blood. No. So your blood vessels constrict when you oh, have a cold, okay. right? So if everything constricts, you can't really have a lot of blood flow going on. So it'll constrict those blood vessels so you don't bleed anymore. Okay. So if you have really, so we'll actually have patients that have some like oozing of blood after surgery um, in their throat and we'll give them ice cold water to gargle to see if that stops the bleeding mm-hmm. and we'll make them gargle and spit, gargle and spit repeatedly for like five minutes and see if that helps. Okay. And it actually does. Yeah. So that's one of the things we'll do. Huh. So I would feel like he would want something cold because, A, yes, it would numb. But, B, if he had that sensation that something's oozing in his throat, that would kind of stop that at the same time. And it will feel nicer, too. Hmm. It's the ice cream effect. Yeah. Basically.
0: And that's kind of the opposite of what I would have thought because I would have thought, oh, you know, you're going to have, yes, ice feels good on on an injury, but not directly on it. Mm-hmm. You. If you put the ice packs directly on your skin, it it's uncomfortable, and if you wrap them so that it can radiate more,
1: yeah. But if you do it a bunch of times, eventually, like you kind of mentioned, it does get numb. Mm-hmm. But also, you'll manage those post operative issues. Interesting. So, yeah, one cool. final fact as we're closing. Yeah.
0: Anything you want to say about what you would do to improve it,
1: or is it uh, so you know
0: it, it's it's twenty five years before any of your medical knowledge?
1: Just get a doctor to come in and explain yeah. like how Have doctors bad and of a nurses. Pay- yeah. Or, you know, you could have made it really funny just having the doctor come back like you were so whiny before the operating happened and it wasn't that bad, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And just making fun of Bob for a good five minutes instead of that one scene where they just cut to Howard's place and decorating the tree and all that stuff. They could have easily had the doctor come in and just rag on Bob Newhart, which is just standard Bob Newhart show. Apparently, is just people just putting him down constantly. Just have the doctor and the nurses come in and just tease him and make him feel bad about himself. That would have worked really well, oh. and that would have made it more accurate. Because I don't think I've ever seen a doctor do a procedure and not check in on the patient afterward. That's just that's poor form mm-hmm. in general. I mean, that might have happened to me once. I was like, I. That's kind of why I hesitated halfway through the sentence. I'm like, wait a minute, this happened to me before. <laughs> the Doctor did stuff and didn't check in on me and tell me what was going on at all, and I did not appreciate that. And that was I was like twenty something years ago, so might have been the same doctor. It could have been. He did not take out my tonsils, though. That was that was a totally different procedure, which we'll probably touch on at some point. All right. Yep.
0: Okay. Um, well, thank you, Jackson, for uh sharing this pre Christmas, you know, pre you going working Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and Christmas and, and Boxing Day.
1: Yes. I can't wait to see all the boxing injuries.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. Uh merry long weekend to those who do not. And we will be back next week with our New Year's Evil episode. Yeah. All right. Bye, folks. Bye,
1: everybody.